G'day everybody and welcome to another week of This Week in Crypto. Apologies for missing out on last week. Of course, I was very ill this time last week. I was in hospital and that's why I did not get a news item out. My throat's better, so am I, and it's time for This Week in Crypto. And it has been a very eventful week. I don't think there's been too many weeks where it hasn't been majorly eventful. <laughs> Started the week off with a massive big move in Bitcoin's price and a lot of speculation as to just where that might have originated from and why we saw that spike, which brings me here to Yahoo Finance. Crypto finds its safe haven role in the Russia-Ukraine crisis. Now, of course, we have seen a lot of talk about this crisis that is going on. Let me just caveat that by saying it is very, very bad by the look of things as to what's going on over there. All wars are bad. All anger is not really well used. And it's much better to lead with love and lead with the heart and just stay true and be a good person. However, on this, we can see that Yahoo Finance's David Hollerith has been reporting in recent days the move higher in crypto was significant given that the sector has been trading in virtual lockstep with Wall Street, where investors on Tuesday took fright from the surge in oil prices spurred by the conflagration in Eastern Europe. Our words aren't working. So yeah, uh, we had seen that, um, you know, cryptos, Bitcoin especially, had been in, as it says here, lockstep with financial markets around the world, with legacy markets. Of course, what happens generally in legacy markets, as we see oil prices increase, we see share prices decrease. And why is that? Well, we still have a very high need for oil, and the price of oil does factor into the bottom line of many companies and corporations all around the world. There's where the fear came from. But we did see, as it states here, Bitcoin changed that on Monday with a move higher of about 14.5%, followed up then by Tuesday up 2.93%, if I have remembered that correctly. So it did decouple from the S&P and the rest of the global financial industry, uh, industry and indexes uh, on that Monday, Tuesday period. But have we really come out of lockstep or being fairly highly correlated to the S&P 500? Only time will tell. Oligarchs with connections to Putin are scrambling to move all kinds of assets, as CNBC reported this week, lest they get seized by government officials. Switzerland has abandoned its traditional neutrality and frozen the assets of wealthy Russians, and the country has been locked out of SWIFT, a linchpin of the global financial nervous system. Yeah. So we know that SWIFT has come in and said no more. We know Apple Pay has done something similar, and many others... Many other of these payment, you know, giants have essentially blocked people from using their software and, you know, getting access to their money, which, of course, has caused massive, massive problems to the Russian people. Now, unfortunate for them is that they are being tarnished by the Russian rush. And it appears that this war is wholly created by one man individually. What this has caused is for many in Russia and Ukraine, for that matter, to think, well, perhaps it's time now to move where I own my own money. And that is what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency offers the people. And that could be a big reason for the spike in Bitcoin's price. It makes logical sense. There is no doubt about that. Yes, yes, so yet it's undoubtedly making it painful for everyday citizens caught in a tangled web of sanctions, geopolitics, and a conflict many surely don't support. And that, again, is another thing. It's really sad to see what is happening to the Russian people. Not all people stand for this war, and it appears that many, in fact, most, 
by the look of things, and I don't really know, by the images and whatnot that we, we see, there's a lot of protests over there. It's hurting the individuals, and those individuals are turning to crypto in many ways. Ultimately, we are watching the divergence of two financial systems. This is from Pomp. The legacy infrastructure is built and run by a group of financial firms who are susceptible to the whims of their governments. The new infrastructure is built on open source software that is run by no single individual or organization. The decentralized nature leads to a different outcome in these situations. And this, ladies and gentlemen, could be the reason for Bitcoin's very strong, sharp move on Monday. Next, we come in to more with the SEC investigating NFT market over potential securities violations. Anonymous sources in the report claim that the SEC is investigating whether certain non-fungible tokens, or NFTs as we know them, are being utilised to raise money like traditional securities. And here we have the conundrum that we seem to be facing a lot of with the crypto market and the regulation. Is it a security? Is it not? Now, whilst Bitcoin and Ethereum have not fallen under this scrutiny, we know that XRP has, which is owned by all the underlying token of Ripple. And they are still in the courts. They have been since 2020. The investigation is the latest in a wave of clampdowns that seek to govern the cryptocurrency market more firmly. Most recently, the SEC ordered that New Jersey-based crypto lending company BlockFi pay a record fine of $100 million for failing to list high-yield lending products as securities, and that was a very large fine. NFT sales have continued to grow, flouting the current market decline with the top two NFT exchanges, Luxray and OpenSea, sharing $10.7 billion in trading volume over the past 10 days. So here we have again, boom, NFTs, explosive market, big moves, SEC, regulation, is it a security? The fight continues, the questions continue, and it continues to linger. Where are we at when it comes to uh, regulation and legalities around securities law? This is not something that will be finished overnight. It will likely continue for the foreseeable future. Okay, now we know about crypto. We know that a lot of people have crypto wealth, but maybe not so much wealth in their bank account. We also know that people like to diversify into other asset classes with property being one of the main ones. Whether the diversification comes in an investment property or buying your own first home, which is allowed, which crypto and the gains made there has allowed many people to actually go forth and do that in a world where property prices are increasingly on the up, especially here in Sydney, which is one of the most expensive cities in the world. So what are we doing about that? Crypto mortgage lenders are entering the hottest housing market ever. Unfortunately, a lot of real estate, sorry, a lot of the real estate industry, the traditional mortgage financing space doesn't really mesh with the crypto space. It's not really recognized. In fact, it's actually a mark against you. And I have noticed that myself too personally. Matter, who is the one who just, I just quoted, represents a growing number of individuals with serious crypto holdings who have the wealth to buy a home, but not the dollars. And they have run into trouble when seeking out traditional mortgages. But a new player has emerged to address this gap in the market, crypto mortgage lenders. Now, it is somewhat of a new thing. Um, it's been around for a while, but as far as it gaining momentum, gaining traction, it is starting to change here. Now, what we're seeing here, uh, Milo is a crypto lending platform is that if you are to essentially stake your Bitcoin uh, at the rate of the purchase of the house price, they will give you a 30-year mortgage, and here it is. In exchange for locking up their crypto, borrowers will receive a 30-year mortgage for their home purchase. 
which can be paid in monthly instalments to Milo. Interest rates for the loan range from 5 to 8% and vary depending on the amount of Bitcoin the individual can put up as collateral. Now, when we look at this, we see the interest rates first and foremost of 5 to 8%, which of course is very excessively high considering the, you know, the rates that banks are offering. However, what we need to understand here is this is an opportunity. And as we see more players come into this space, we will see those interest rates decline. Now, if you are somebody who has major crypto wealth and for some reason you don't want to convert some of that into a bank account and go through a traditional method of buying a house at lower interest rates, companies like Milo are starting to pop up to give you opportunity to get involved in markets that you may otherwise find very, very difficult. As we know, it's very difficult to get loans uh, unless you come with a large down payment for a start and they want to see some form of income. Many that have become overnight, well, maybe not overnight, but crypto millionaires may not have so much of a stable income, but they do have a stable crypto portfolio. There are ways around this, Milo producing one of those. Traditional mortgage lenders have also tried to blend their businesses with crypto. Last August, the second largest US mortgage lender, Michigan-based United Wholesale Mortgage, said it would start accepting crypto from its borrowers as part of a pilot program. Six weeks later, it stopped accepting cryptocurrencies because of incremental costs and regulatory uncertainty. So you can see here a large player in the mortgage space had dipped their toes in the water and once again was scared away by regulation. We seem to be finding lots of problems with this regulation as we speak every single week. But hey, this is what happens. They're teething problems. We'll get over it. We'll get through it. Finally, Ledger, sorry, not, not finally, Ledger CTO warns crypto users about the dangers of blind signing. Now, there's not, it wouldn't be this week in crypto without having some form of fraud. And here, <clears throat> excuse me, is yet another. With the recent attack on OpenSea highlighting blockchain vulnerabilities, Charles Gulimet, the chief technology officer of Ledger warns users about blind signing, which he defines as consenting a transaction to be signed blindly without understanding what it means. Now, here's the thing. It's very easy to take advantage of people if people are easy to take advantage of. And what I mean by that is that if you are not too privy with the ins and outs of you know, the law and reading contracts, it can be quite easy to dupe somebody into a purchase or a sale, which is not going to be what they are after. And this is what blind signing is causing issues with. It's risky because you can think you're signing a transaction to move part of your funds to address A, where you actually sign a transaction to move all of your funds to address B. What does it actually mean? Let's go in a bit more detail here. The security expert also gave examples where blind signing led to, a, led to significant losses. In the most recent OpenSea exploit, users encountered a phishing attack that resulted in the loss of $1.7 million worth of non-fungible tokens. Gulabet notes that in this incident, the attackers tricked their victims into blind signing a message that made them consent to sell all their NFTs for zero ETH. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is still a, an emerging space. And whilst we see massive money to be made, you can be sure as hell that there will be scammers and people trying to part you with your hard-earned gains. So always manage your risk. Be careful. Take your time. Read up on these things and understand that there are lots of bad actors out there. More good than bad. But the bad actors are the ones that can really take all your hard-earned cash and work and everything you've put into the space and make it all go away very, very quickly, and then they vanish. It's great having a decentralized online currency or network or uh, art space, NFTs, whatever you want to call all of those options, 
But what we need to do is when we have our own custody, we need to be responsible for our own actions. And being responsible for our own actions is being responsible for the knowledge base to actually be able to act, knowing that we are keeping ourselves safe. Never stop being safe. On to some more scammy type stuff. Help Ukraine scams appear as country seeks crypto donations report reveals. Now, we've seen it everywhere, all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over your Instagram, all over everything. Donate to the Ukraine, help these people, that sort of thing. And whilst it's a very, very noble cause, many may say, it is also something that we need to be very wary of as we do see scammers now coming back in and taking advantage of the goodwill of people within our crypto community to take their money that is meant to go to the Ukraine and just taking it for themselves. Now, the tech news outlet has identified a number of new scams enticing crypto users to help Ukraine by donating Bitcoin and other digital currencies to address different, sorry, to addresses different from those provided by the government in Kiev and new Ukraine NGOs. Now that's exactly what they're doing. They're going in there, they're switching out the wallet address and they're making it go to them, not the cause. So again, a little bit of fact checking, double checking, going through and seeing where reliable sources come from is going to help you in a big way. And that's a fairly good blanket statement across any of these scammy type related things that we are seeing come up in our market. At the same time, the crypto community has also responded to the conflict by supporting humanitarian efforts. The world's leading, dig leading digital asset exchange, Binance, announced this week it's donating $10 million to help the Ukrainian people. The assistance of third parties is coordinated through the recently launched crowdfunding initiative, Humanity First, Ukraine Emergency Relief Fund. So there is a lot of good coming from our space to help people in need. I think that we should probably be looking at something like this for the flood victims here in Australia, North and uh, New South Wales and Southern Queensland. Uh, it's going to need a lot of work up there. My heart goes out to anybody who was up there and affected by this horrible natural disaster. It's amazing to see the people rallying, coming together to work together tirelessly without mandates, without masks, without the government's help. They are simply getting in, rolling up their sleeves and doing what they can to help each other. Why? Because humans are inherently good. Yes, there are some bad people amongst that bunch that are looting and whatnot, but they are the scum of the earth. There are good people out there looking after each other with the support of nobody but the skin on, sorry, the shirt on their back and what they can put in. And to you people that are putting in these efforts, a thank you from the bottom of my heart and uh, well done, great work. We can do good with blockchain, but we can also do good with our hearts and our minds and our words. So be kind, be nice. And if you can help, please do in something that makes you feel like it's a cause that you'd like to get behind. Just always be careful of the scammers. Always be careful, guys. It's incredibly painful that um, these things happen, but unfortunately, they actually do. So across the market, we have seen a lot going on, and the space does at the moment still have a little bit of a smell about it. We did pop up through on Monday and Tuesday. We're since going through a little bit of a sell-off. This retracement that we're seeing on Bitcoin is there, and it is not really of major concern for me right now. Why? Because we don't really have too much to work with. The number that I'm waiting for is 46,000 on the weekly chart on Bitcoin. If we can see that in the next couple of weeks, potentially we'll have that higher low and then a higher high, putting us into a weekly uptrend. Our monthly chart closed last year, sorry, last month, uh, which was Monday, uh, on a bullish candle in the cradle zone. Again, these pullbacks have been deep. This market is a little bit funky at the moment. There are positives coming out uh, in terms of what's going on globally around the world. We still see that we have major issues with relation to regulation and others dipping their toes into the space. One thing I do definitely hope is that Russia does not take on Bitcoin as its you know, main currency. 
the reason I say this is one, well, there's two sides to this. One, if Russia were to do that, I think we would see Bitcoin explode in price, shoot up and go through the roof, probably through 100 grand very, very quickly. However, after that, we can be absolutely certain that there will be all sorts of shots fired at Bitcoin to try and destabilize Bitcoin's price. Why? Because if the price of Bitcoin is higher, that means that if Russians are doing trade in Bitcoin, what is going to happen is that they now have something that is worth more, a appreciating currency, shall we say. If that is the case, well, then that is going to be extra money for the war effort. That's all that matters in times of war, is the war effort, the money that they put into that needs to come from somewhere. And with the ruble being knocked down so significantly of late with all the sanctions and whatnot, Bitcoin may be the answer for them. I pray that it is not. Why? It will go up quickly, and then I will be selling everything. Why? Because after that, yes, one Bitcoin will still be one Bitcoin, as the old saying goes. But if it goes from $120,000 Bitcoin, or let's just go from today, you know, 45000 40, sorry, 43000 if it goes from 43,000 for one Bitcoin, and then with the rest of the world attacking the Bitcoin network to essentially attack net, uh, Russia, then it will go back down very, very quickly. So yes, you'll be right. One Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin. But I'd rather my Bitcoin to be sold when they're worth 50, 60, 70, 100,000 than being sold when they're worth 1,000. So I'll be keeping an eye on this space and keeping you filled in throughout the week. If you do like this content, please do like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. What we do here, it does take time. I enjoy doing this and bringing this information to you absolutely free of charge. If you look in the description below, you'll see a number of links that will take you through to ways to help us to create more of this content. The main thing I want you to do, if you haven't already, is take responsibility for understanding how markets work and the cyclicity of them. And all you've got to do is go to tradercob.com and join up to my Become a Trader course and you'll get all of that and more. You guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll speak to you all again this time next week. Apologies again for last week. I was remarkably sick. I am much better now and feeling a lot better. Take care. Have a great weekend. Be nice. Give where you can. Please be nice. Bye for now.